When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. And we're here with the draft questions episode. And the reason this is called the draft questions episode is because I'm going to answer a ton of your questions with a monster Giants after dark in just a few minutes here. But first, I want to go over a little bit about the Giants offseason program. Saquon Barkley, Dexter Lawrence not being there. We spoke to Brian Dable, Xavier McKinney, Andrew Thomas, and of course, Daniel Jones. McKinney was kind of interesting. Uh, real quick, we'll, we'll touch on this for one second. In that, he said, ah, you know, I'm I'm fine. I'm ready to go. Yeah, my, I might have to wear something on my hand. We're talking about the ATV accident or whatever he called it uh, last year in Cabo. The fact that he still has to wear something or potentially wear something on his hand kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. Not that he can't play, or but like what really happened to him? The fact that it, it's still bothering him. Uh, now we're talking about that happened, what, November? We're sitting here in April. So six months ago and the hand, still something he might need to protect a little bit during the season. Makes you scratch your head a little bit. But we'll get to that in a minute. But by the way, I'm fresh off a trip to Cabo as well. My hands are completely fine. Uh, the worst I did was go uh, zip lining hundreds of feet in the air. So instead of just crushing my hand, I would have killed myself if something went wrong. But this is what you do for your kids. So I'm freshly tanned, uh, renewed, refreshed, ready for the draft. The draft now, we're really going to kick it into high gear with the draft, is 10 days away. 10 days away. Now I'll also give you my most likely Giants draft picks. Right? I do that every year. This year, a little bit harder. Drafting 25 is a lot harder. It's a lot more difficult to hone in on candidates when you're picking 25th in the draft rather than you're picking 2nd, 6th, 8th, 10th, 9th, 10th, 5th as they were last year, 5th and 7th they end up with. So it's a lot harder at 25. The range of outcomes in the first 24 picks before them is gigantic, so you don't really know who's going to be there. So I'll take my best crack at it. I mean, the worst year I had at doing this was the year that the Giants drafted Evan Ingram. I didn't even have him on the radar at the time. And what, I believe that was like the 21st pick, somewhere around there, 19th, something something in that range. It was when the Giants, uh, off that 2016 season, I believe, actually made the playoffs. And we'll also talk about the uh, disease of me comment that Mike Lombardi made. We'll talk about that later. But let's start first with the, the Giants offseason program opening this week. No Saquon Barkley. No Dexter Lawrence. Uh, both of them dealing with contract disagreements with the team. Dexter Lawrence had been negotiating with the Giants, so I view that as a little differently. I believe that that's one that's going to get done eventually. Now, maybe they hit a snag. Uh, the number's going to be huge. From what I was told, it's going to end up probably in the $22 million range or somewhere around there, at least by someone who's very familiar with the uh, m- that market. But... 
Saquon Barkley is a different story. Of course, right now, let's let's say this. Let's get this out of the way. This is all voluntary, right? The officers are program. They're really just doing some meetings, working out. They didn't even get to on-field stuff. And let's be fair. Saquon Barkley could show up in two weeks before the season and be just fine. Yeah, he's a running back. It's one of the easier positions just to come in and fill in and jump in there. The question is, when are they going to get this resolved? Because Saquon, and I've been told by people, I spoke to people on Saquon's side. I've spoken to people inside the Giants. Saquon's not happy. Okay, He's not happy with where everything's at right now. They thought the deals that he was he thought that the deals that he was offered earlier on were insufficient. Structure wise, guaranteed money wise. You know, I know it's been out there. Thirteen million the Giants were willing to get up to, even stretch it to fourteen. But they didn't like those deals. And the Giants really have kind of cut cut that off, right? They're not necessarily negotiating. They kind of Right before the tag deadline, they were dealing with Daniel Jones, so Saquon was on the back burner. So now you're looking at it, he's unhappy. Is he going to get a new deal? Maybe they come to him after the draft. That That's a possibility, but it's not a sure thing. So does he take it into the summer? Does he take it up until, like, the season? Like, what? this is his only leverage, right? This is his leverage that's left. Be unhappy force them to come back to him and work with him on a new deal. So I don't know when that's going to happen. And that's not a great situation because Saquon Barkley is one of the most respected players in the Giants locker room. People, the, the players look at him, they like if players need something like he's one of the first guys you'll go to. You go to Saquon Barkley. He's a captain. He's since I think 19. He's a leader of the team. He's super respected. He's a big name. He knows how to handle himself publicly. So guys go to Saquon Barkley. If he's miserable and unhappy, that's not good for the team. That's not good for the locker room. Because when you have a guy moping around or not happy, it has a tendency to spread. I mean, Saquon Barkley wasn't happy, and he he was mopey, let's say, what, the end of, uh, not this past year, but the year before, the last year of Joe Judge. Late in the season, he wasn't playing well. He was banged up. And look, you saw it on the field with his play. And maybe it was a contributing factor to the play of the team down the stretch. Now, granted, they had no chance because they had no quarterback, but that was part of it all. It was just depressing. And so when you have people there who aren't happy in the locker room, it's something you need to be concerned about because you don't want it to spread. You want it to spread like a, you know, the spider web kind of pulls it in. Like if you're around someone who's unhappy and bitching and whining all the time, then eventually, and I'm, just, I'm not talking, I'm not saying he's going to do that. I'm talking in general, me and you, we're hanging out with our friends. If your friend's someone who sits there and complains all the time, you're probably going to be someone who sits there and complains all the time too about stuff or bitches and whines about everything. That's just sort of human nature. That's how it works. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that Saquon Barkley situation plays out. For now, he hasn't signed the franchise tag, so he's a little different. He can't even go into the facility. 
And this is kind of standard operating procedure for the guys on the tag at this point. You see it for most guys around the league, although I believe Tony Pollard signed this. Dexter Lawrence, a little different. Think he'll get that done this spring. You'll eventually see Dexter Lawrence in there. That, not that they're close at this moment, but they had made progress up until recently. And that's just my opinion on that one. So, um, as far as the draft, oh no, one more quick thing. Take away from listening to Brian Dable's speak. He passed the comment about how him and Dable, I mean, Dable and Joe Shane basically go through the roster every day. They run stuff by each other constantly. I mean, they're running stuff in this organization more so than in the past. Like it was always a separation of church and state with the giants in regards to front office and coaches, not with this regime. And everyone else is like, feels like, oh, wow. You know, like they're just running it, doing their thing. We're just a bit piece here. That's the impression I've gotten. Like those two wield all the power right now. And they're the coach and GM, and you can see why. And they're attached at the hip, and I think that's good because at least they're on the same page. But just something I came away thinking when I heard Dable make that comment about how they, you know, we talk, we run stuff by each other all the time. We're talking about the roster every single day. It just made me think about some of the, you know, the comments I've received from people about how those two are, you know, making, they're running the show. Making every big decision. Whereas the input, they they take the information from other people, but they're not listening to other people in regards to decisions. That makes sense. Now, I do this every year. Had a good little run for a while. Last year wasn't really on Thibodeau. Evan Neal. Yeah, that one was, you know, near the top of the list. Uh, I believe I had Thibodeau on the list, but... Not close. I really didn't think they were going to draft him. Not even sure if he was on my list. But this year, 10 days out, subject to change. Here's the guys that I think are the most likely Giants draft picks. And I'm going to start with Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC. I just think, so one and two on the list are Jordan Addison and uh, Zay Flowers. I want to call him Trey Flowers all the time. Two wide receivers. We know the Giants are big on the wide receivers. They want playmakers. They want explosiveness. They want big plays down the field. Look at the speed they added in free agency. That was a big thing. I think that's going to extend to here. And that's why I think those two guys are at the top of the list. The only reason I I parsed it the way I did and Addison's on top is because I'm not sure if Zay Flowers is going to be there at 25. I'm a little less certain Flowers is going to be there than Addison, although I'm going back and forth on that. good. There's a chance either one of them are off the board. Potentially both of them. I don't see this being a huge, there being a huge run of wide receivers early in this draft. There's a lot of wide receivers. You get a quality wide receiver in the second round. I don't think people are going to stretch for wide receivers. But there are a bunch of cornerbacks. The top three cornerbacks, Witherspoon, Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr., those guys are going to go pretty early, so I don't think they make it to the Giants. So next on my list is Deontay Banks from Maryland. I think he's a, a guy that fits what the Giants want to do, right? They need a cornerback. That position is basically barren after this year. A high-end cornerback. He runs pretty well. He's big. He's physical. Can play man-to-man. Kind of fits what Wing Marindale likes to do. 
So I think that's a possibility. Now, next on the list for me, these next two guys are probably going to be a little bit of a surprise. surprise. I think defensive line is a possibility. If you think about it, think about what Buffalo always does. Buffalo always wants to bolster that defensive line, the pass rush. Make sure they're stout in the middle. And I think the Giants want to do that as well. I've heard that from people. You know, they need to bolster the defensive line. They need to bolster the defensive line. I keep hearing that from sources, that that's a possibility. So Brian Brees from Clemson. Not a name you probably heard very much. He's next on this list. Could move up and down the line. That's Wink's kind of guy. Help against the run, using different ways as a pass rusher. Miles Murphy. He's next on my list. Again, another defense alignment. Right? Can move, can play standing up, can move with his, plays with his hand in the dirt. Could do a lot of different things. So those two, I think, are interesting options that most people probably haven't thought of. But defensive line at 25, depending on the board, how the board plays out, like let's say the two receivers they want are Addison or Flowers. And I don't think Jackson Smith Jigba is going to make it to them. That's why I didn't put them on this list. But let's say those three guys are gone. I think at that point, addressing defense and going at the interior of the defensive line is a strong possibility. I really do. And then come back and go center or wide receiver in the second or third round, somewhere around there. Now, Quinton Johnson is the next wide receiver. He's next on my list here. Bigger, taller wide receiver. You know, can get down the field, make big plays as well. He's next on my list. And then finally, Emmanuel Forbes, the, the rail-thin cornerback from Mississippi State. So those are the seven guys that I kind of have right now. Subject to change. Could change. Ten days out from the draft. Let's get to your questions. On to the next one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ah, yes. It's that time for your favorite portion of this podcast. It's where I answer all your deepest, darkest Giants questions in Giants After Dark. We're going to start from Instagram, okay? We got Mark Scott. He says... Do you feel the Giants might try to trade into a spot to get a top three or four cornerback in the first round? All right. Uh, the answer is probably no. I don't, unless it's just a few spots. 
Like, I don't see the Giants, let's say, getting up to 15, okay, trading up 10 spots. They don't have a ton of ammunition for that, right? They have a first, a second, a third, a fourth, two fifths, a six and three sevenths. Like, you're not trading. You have to trade some premium picks to get up those 10 spots. Like, so I don't see them getting rid of their second or third round pick in order to move up big in the first round. Now, if it's a couple spots, maybe. But I think the Giants want to add strength by numbers here in the draft. Like, they have to get a center. They want to add a wide receiver. Right? So if they don't get those positions in the first round, I really believe they don't want to part with either their second or third round pick. They only have one third rounder left now because they already traded one. So I don't see them moving those picks. I, I find it hard to see them moving up a lot in the first round of this draft. Now, I, what I can see is potentially moving up in the second round. I'll get to that in a bit. Question number two. Uh, Chris, I cut off your last name here because you're, 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 your first name is, is too long. And I screenshot it's Christopher. And sorry, I, I don't get your last name in. Question for Giants after dark. With the running back market, what it is today, and Barkley's injury history, what do you think of the possibility of Joe trading Barkley to, let's say, Buffalo or another uh, RB-hungry team? If this were to happen, what do you think the compensation would look like? A first, two seconds, second, third, fourth. And if this were to happen, do you think the Giants, you see the Giants moving up to get B. John Robinson? Keep up the phenomenal work. Much appreciated. No, I don't see that happening either. I find that to be really far-fetched. The Giants are really adamant about not trading Saquon Barkley. They need Saquon Barkley. Okay? And he's not going to bring back a first-round pick. He's a six-year running back right now on a franchise tag, which is a one-year deal. Now you could bring him in and sign him long-term, but who really wants to invest long-term in a running back in his sixth year and give up draft capital? I really don't see that happening. And, uh, the Bijan Robinson thing, it just that's just not the move for the Giants right now. They have a running back. Add depth later in the draft. It makes more sense for them. Nick Rose from Instagram says, Hey, Jordan, do you think it's more likely there will be a run on wide receivers or CBs before the Giants pick a 25? And depending on which one, how would it change the Giants' draft strategy? I think it's cornerbacks because, like I said before, the top three guys – Witherspoon, Gonzalez, and Joey Porter Jr., I believe could be gone in the top 20 easy. And then once that happened, then people might start stretching and say, oh, you know, and going and maybe trading up for someone or getting a guy like Banks or Forbes. And then those guys are going maybe before most people had them projected or where even some teams have them on their board. The wide receivers, like I said, I think it's, a pretty deep group, but it's not top-heavy. There's no dominant number one guy. The people I talk to seem to think Jackson Smith Najigba is the number one guy, but he does have some concerns. He didn't play much last year. Okay? So I do think that exists. He's not exactly... A, he didn't, like, blow up the, you know, his uh, combine or pro day where he's running like a 4-3, and he has this size, speed, route running. Like, There's some warts you could pick apart with. Still a very good player. I, th I think he's tremendous. And I think he's going to go in the top 15 to 20. But I think there's a better chance that the first wide receiver off the board is maybe around 15-ish, whereas by then, there might, there'll probably be three cornerbacks already gone. 
Ben Tartakovsky. Ben Tartakovsky. Got it. Are the Giants more likely to trade down, to trade up, stay put, or trade down and acquire more assets? Um, I think it's probably trade up, but not necessarily in the first round. I think it's the second round because they have a lot of picks, right? One, two, three, four, two fives, a six, and three seven. Now, you can't really, you don't have a ton to move up within the first round, right? Then you're giving up a lot of your premium picks and you won't, you won't be adding many players this year that are going to contribute immediately. And I think they need those players that can contribute immediately. So I think the more likely thing is how about a trade up at the second round? Okay. You could use maybe one of your fifths, something else, you know, move up a couple picks in the second round. They're at 57. So remember, there's only 31 picks in the first round this year. So now you're talking the 26th pick of the second round. If they want a specific center, if there's a wide receiver that they want to get, if they don't get one in the first round, I can see them moving up into the 40s. Using maybe a fourth or fifth round pick to help you get there, something like that, a fourth and sixth, somewhere in that range. But to get a guy who you think could be a significant contributor, either a wide receiver or center this year, I think trading up is the most likely scenario. But not with the first round pick, the Giants' second round pick. Sean Smith from Twitter says, do you think the Giants will ignore needs and what fans want to get the best player available on the board at 25, even if we have good depth or talent there? I want to ask you, Sean, and obviously you're not here to answer it, but it's a rhetorical question in a way. Where do the Giants have so much talent and depth that they cannot draft someone? Let's go to the defensive line, which might be their best position. Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. Leonard Williams... How much longer is Leonard Williams guaranteed to be with the Giants? We don't even know if Leonard Williams is with the Giants next year. So their depth on the defensive line is certainly not there. You absolutely can draft an interior defensive lineman if he's a good player. Move him around, right? I think you could even draft an edge rusher if you think he could move move around and play inside. So where's the depth? Not safety, not cornerback. Not inside linebacker, not offensive line. Yes, they won't draft an offensive tackle. Okay, They've used top seven picks on offensive tackle. But yeah, the best player available is pretty much the way this team is going to go. That's how they operate. That's why you do what you do in free agency. Okay, You try to cover all your needs, right? Like They can get by a wide receiver if they need to and not force a wide receiver pick at 25. Because they added Paris Campbell. Because they brought back Darius Slayton. Because they added uh, Jamison Crowd. Guys like that. Like, they can get by and then draft a wide receiver later. So I do not, I do think it's best available. And they don't care what fans think. If you play any front office in any sport is making decisions based on what fans think, that's how you make mistakes and you have a bad front office. Trafalgar Law says, are the Giants more likely to trade up from 25 or trade down? Kind of answered that already. I think it's probably trade up. But you know what? That's not, when I think about it, it's not a terrible thing for them to trade down as well, get that pick in the earlier in the second round. But I do think it's trade up a little bit. Have the Giants, Brian Cook, 
219-292-9257 says, have the Giants been a bit cavalier as it relates to the interior O-line? It was bad again last year. I think that's fair to say. The Giants are kind of stuck with the same interior offensive line. It's not very good. Mark Lewinsky, you know, I guess they're putting a lot of stock in either and or, I should say, Ben Bredesen slash Josh Azudu, who was a what third-round pick last year, playing better and being good and being significant players. But I do agree with you. I think you can certainly look at it that way. And the interior offensive line is not fixed. And it certainly has some things there that where you enter, they're going to enter the season with concern still on the interior offensive line. But if you have a solid center, draft a solid center, granted he might have struggles year one, and then have Evan Neal play better and then have Bredesen at guard, I think you'd look, you'd look much better. Uh, Chris Johnson says, do you think if Bijan Robinson's there at 25, the Giants would trade and trade Barkley for an early second rounder and take Robinson? Uh, I don't think that option is going to be on the table. Sorry, we already mentioned that. Uh, Patrick, 3850733 says, once they pay Sexy Dexy, Dexter Lawrence, seems like Williams, Leonard Williams, will be gone after the season. Do you see them drafting DE this season or wait till next draft? And I think I already uh, tipped my hand at that one when I mentioned the two Clemson guys, Myo Murphy and Brian Breesey, as potential options for the Giants with the 25th pick. Like, I do think that that's a distinct possibility. People are not giving it enough attention that the Giants could add to that defensive line in the first round this year. Nate Lewin, 42, says, any indications on how Saquon is feeling on his situation? Answer's unhappy. Seems like the Giants are... Uh, I added that, by the way. That's not his question. Seems like the Giants are content to let him play out the tag. I think that's their preference. That's me adding that in as well. Will he be amenable to that, or is he a risk of a holdout? Certainly, I think it's a risk of a holdout. We don't know how this is going to play. I I kind of went over that situation earlier, but I will add one more thing. The Giants are fully content to let him play out the tag. The question is, do they have, they're, they're going to have to gauge how important it is for them to have a happy player to show that they're going to, the locker room, that they rewarded a player who's done everything they asked, who's been through all these down times with the team and helped them get to where they got last year. Granted, they didn't win a Super Bowl. They didn't get close to winning a Super Bowl. They did have a winning season and win a playoff game. And he helped them get there. And I know there was a rough stretch there in the second half. But think about that for a second. He was a huge contributor to that. And he's a really good player. So there's risk to letting him play it out. And that's what the Giants are going to have to weigh here over the next, what, they have to mid-July to make a decision about whether they want to reach a long-term deal with Bart. Uh, Jim Foreman, Giant Fan 14, says, if all the top four wide receivers are off the board at 25, how likely you think it is the Giants trade back? And if so, how far you think they're willing to drop down? Yeah, that's a scenario where I could see them then deciding to move back. Collecting additional draft capital, moving into the early second round. Again, there's only 31 picks. The Dolphins had their first round pick taken away this year for their Tom Brady actions. So you're drafting 25. There's not that many picks behind you. 
So once you trade down, you're into that second round. Uh, at NY Giants News 26 says, do you think the Giants are still interested in D-Hop for maybe a Brandon Cook side package? What receiver in the draft do you hear the Giants like the most? Ah, First of all, you say, are they still interested? I think they're interested in DeAndre Hopkins from the very beginning has been minimal. I mean, it's expensive. He gets paid a lot of money. And I know he came out and then deleted and says, oh, I'm not looking for a raise. That's fine. But you're already getting paid a lot of money. And I'm not too sure the Giants are set up right now to have a big money receiver on their roster. Now, if the price got so low in regards to trade compensation and they can make it work money-wise and get the number down this year, yeah, then I think they would consider it. So it's still on the table, but a very slim possibility. Kind of like the Odell situation. Now, it's only this is maybe just a little slightly more realistic because obviously there's not takers for DeAndre Hopkins. There's not. And as for which wide receivers I think the Giants like the most, uh, I heard they really like Addison and Flowers. Now, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, I think is probably the number one receiver in the draft for most teams on the board. And I know the Giants do like him, but. I also, like I said, I don't think he's going to be there. So that's why I've kind of honed in and concentrated on Addison and Flowers. I've kind of heard they like those guys. And those are the kind of guys that if you look at profile-wise, the Giants have, and at least Dable and even Mike Kafka when he was in Kansas City, if you look at the receivers, those kind of movable pieces, can play in the slot, you're explosive, make guys miss. That's what they've had, right? I mean, the Chiefs had Tyree Kill. They weren't shy to draft Nicole Hardman and keep adding guys like that. So I, I I don't see the Giants being shy to keep adding guys like that either. All right, finally, last one. I'll end on this. Kevin P. Donahue. And I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because someone else's opinion, but it kind of has made its way around Twitter. And if you didn't, if you haven't been on Twitter, Mike Lombardi, former NFL GM, he has a podcast. I believe it's on DraftKings. He talked about the Giants having the Z's of me. It's a Pat Riley thing uh, about... Uh, I'll get to it in a second. Here's the question. Does Mike Lombardi, disease of me, criticism of the Giants resonate with you? We hear that the organization really likes Jones. Lombardi thinks the players know he's re- not really that good, and his contract extension will sow selfishness in the locker room, fair or unfair. And I went and listened to the whole thing, okay? You have to go listen to the whole thing that Mike Lombardi said about the disease of me and the Giants. I don't think he's that far off. Not that it's selfishness, and he said this. It's human nature. It's human nature that Saquon Barkley, right? And I don't know if Dexter Lawrence really applies in this so much because he. I don't think he looks at Leonard Williams, and this is one thing Lombardi said, and I think he was wrong in a certain degree on this. He said, oh, he looks at Leonard Williams and says, this guy's making more than me? This guy over here, 99? And yeah, uh, he is making more than him. But A, I think Lawrence is under the impression that he's going to get his money. So he's not really that worried about that at this point. And plus, he's super close with Dexter Lawrence. I think he's more looking at it probably like, oh, look, Deron Payne got his money from Washington. Jeffrey Simmons got his money from the Titans, not from the locker room. 
But the disease of meat thing, and this was Mike Lombardi's point, is this is something that Brian Dable is going to have to monitor, and this is a big part of his job this year. And I think he's right about this because it's natural when you win. It's a sudden change for this Giants team that hadn't been winning. And now when you win, what happens? Everybody wants to get paid. No, I don't think it's going to create this huge uh, divide in the locker room. I, I think this is a pretty tight locker room. But it, I also think it's a locker room when I went around there last year. Their heads were getting big. You could tell that. So it is something Brian Dable is going to have to manage, this sort of disease of me, which is more about uh, people thinking individually than thinking about the team. And I think that – and and he was – and I, and Lombardi even said this is a natural thing. And Dable, is, if you think about it, has already started preventing against that. He's been out there saying, when people said you had a good season last year, what did we accomplish? I'm basically paraphrasing here. What did we do? We got smacked in the playoffs. We got smacked by the Eagles. We lost to them three times. That means nothing. What that is, is Brian Dable already protecting against the disease of me. So, yeah, I do think it's something that we're going to have to monitor and watch and see how it goes. And I do think, not that sick one's saying Daniel Jones isn't good, but I, in the back of your mind, you have to be saying, look, they rewarded him. Why aren't they rewarding me? And I think that does exist. It's natural human nature. You know, Saquon Barkley, they basically put him on, on ice and said, wait, sit over there. We're going to negotiate with Daniel and hope to basically slap you with the franchise tag. And they weren't negotiating with him at the time. So how do you think Saquon Barkley feels about that? It's not a personal thing against Daniel Jones. And I think Lombardi is not a fan of Daniel Jones. He doesn't think he's very good. And I think he overestimates that part of it. Or I don't think it's, oh, the Giants locker room is like, oh, Daniel Jones isn't good. Why does he get paid? And I'm not getting paid. That is not what I see. But there is some validity to what he said about the disease of me. And if you want to go read about it, it's a Pat Riley thing. About making sure everybody's bought in on the whole team thing. But yeah, you know, you could sell everyone on the whole team thing. And then if you're in Saquon Barkley's situation where you're entering year six, you've done everything they've asked. You had a big year last year. And they still don't want to pay you, really pay you on a long-term deal. Like the Giants offered him a contract. But let's be fair, it wasn't a great contract. We don't know uh, the exact details of it, and we hear numbers, but think about it. The Giants aren't offering in this deal with you know $30 million guaranteed. You know, the offer, I'm sure, had flaws. I'm sure a lot of it involved uh, ways he would have had to earn a lot of that money by staying healthy, playing, uh, showing up to workout program, all, all these things of ways to make the number that big. I mean, that's how this, that's how this business works. So uh, interesting, co- interesting conversation. I know uh, Carl Banks and Bob Papa took great offense to it there in the building. They, they don't see this kind of thing. And I kind of agree in regards to I don't see them getting jealous of each other. I think this is generally a locker room that likes each other and holding it against each other. But the whole idea of the disease of me, naturally, 
I think is something that coaches guarding. I mean, if you think back to that 2016 team, I remember speaking to Ben McAdoo after that year, before 2017, and he told me that that was his like number one thing going into that season. He had a guard against overconfidence, and essentially what happened, that team blew apart, they got a big head, everything went wrong, they thought they were the shit, right? They did. They thought they were it. And what happened? They went 3-13, and 13, they got some injuries, they were terrible, team blew up. You have to guard against that in the NFL. Every coach does it. Bill Belichick, when he was winning Super Bowls year after year, every year they would come in the next year, and he would battle that, and that was one of his main things. What you did last year means nothing. You have to get everybody back on the same page and make it a team thing and get everybody's head, you know, take the swelling out of everybody's head. So... Interesting conversation, nonetheless. That's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. The draft is coming up. We'll do another draft podcast later this week. Try and pump it out. Look for it on Thursday, but probably Friday. Probably tape it Thursday and then pump it out Friday. Although Thursday, I actually have a busy day. Uh, But Joe Shane's going to talk. So actually, we'll do it after that. It'll be out Friday. So I definitely want to do it after Tape it after Joe Shane talks in his pre-draft press conference. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As always, email me, uh, Instagram, Facebook, a Twitter, TikTok. You know where to find me. I'll actually probably do uh, Instagram live at some point. Maybe early next week, something like that. So the content, we're going to keep pumping it out, keep reaching out, like, subscribe, tell your friends. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan. See you next time.